This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to fubarradio.com for more details. Screen Talk with Dan Clark on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome to Screen Talk. I'm Dan Clark. On this very strange week, uh, I'm sure we're all feeling slightly weird about the fact that the soon-to-be most powerful man in the free world is a unqualified reality TV star. But hey, doesn't matter. At least he's got some good policies and opinions. Oh, no, he doesn't have those either. Yes, I'm talking about Trump. Um, My theory is that he may not be quite as bad as we all thought, but just because I think it was all rhetoric, but um, I think that's just me being really, really hopeful that the theatrics is over and maybe there'll be some you know, sort of d- diplomacy, hopefully, please. Otherwise, it will be the end of the world. Anyway, um, I'll try and bring some uh, entertainment on a week when we definitely need it. I've got a bumper show this week. Uh, I've got two sets of two guests, both uh, incredibly talented uh, sets of writers and creators of uh, very big shows at the moment. We've actually got, like, uh, we've got, like, the big, big shows of the moment uh, on on our show. So the, later on, we'll be talking to Jonathan Brack, and uh, Sam Vincent, who are the creators of Humans. But right now, my first guests joining me are two incredibly talented writers. I've worked with them many years ago, uh, I think about 10 years ago. Uh, They'd been comedy writers for years and then decided to give drama a go, only to land a ginormous hit on BBC One on their first go. Uh, Not at all jealous. Um, (laughs) uh, They're the creative minds behind The Missing, which I'm currently uh, hooked on. Uh, they've recently had success with one of us on uh, BBC One as well. They're about to have a show out on ITV. Uh, they were also the exec producers of the most talked about comedy this year, Fleabag. Um, I'm talking, of course, about the writers and brothers, which is a first on the show. Uh, Jack and Harry Williams. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello. Could Hello. you say your name? <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Singular. Um, could you say your name so people know who's who? Who's I'm Jack. And I'm Harry. Is that... Do you sound different Do we different sound different? Um, I've got a bit of a list going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Jack <coughs> sounds... Jack, Jack sounds and like Harry a sounds a bit more broken. Dirty. <laughs> I sound naughty. You sound like... You did a bit, yeah. 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 Uh, well, first of all, congratulations on The Missing, Series 2. Is, is it going well? I, I have to, I just said in my intro that I am completely and utterly hooked on this Thank series. you. Ah, thank you. Need to say. Is it going well? Yeah, I, I think, think so. it is. I think it is. How are you gauging it? Is it just numbers? Is it reviews? Is it what your friends are saying? It's a bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah, Do you go up to people in the street and go, have you seen The Missing? What do you think? (laughs) Just to try and get the... I'm actually one step away from that. I think I dropped my daughter off at school and her teacher said, oh, I saw your show. And that was good. When people yeah. grab you, they I was looking out, talk I, to you. I was looking around and on you. Did you hit her and say, don't talk to <laughs> I me? Said, did you like it? Oh, thanks so much. Thank you. I was looking around our new house and our, the estate agent who sold it to us went... Oh, uh, you mentioned you were a freelance writer last time we uh, spoke. I was like, I don't think I did that. And then he's like, you wrote The Missing. I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. Uh, so which he's a good thing. And also, like, well, before that, you thought he's a good... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like him before. I really didn't like him. He yeah. was one of the worst kind of estate agents. And After that, I thought, yeah, this guy's smart. Hey, he's together. He's not like the <laughs> he rest of them. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He he's me. brilliant at his job. Yeah. <laughs> Show uh, me that bathroom But again. does that mean he's been doing some serious Googling of you? Yeah, I don't know what he's been doing. Definitely, I mean, because I, you hadn't said what you wrote. I hadn't said it. You said you were writing here. 
really but that's got weird. Down. That means that he Googles people even if not because he he's Googles like, everyone. Yeah, he's a Google everyone. Man. Yeah, he's, he's a Google man. Yeah, he's Stephen Googleman. Um, <laughs> he, he, German maybe. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so it's going good because uh, the first series went like amazingly right. I like that. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Well, let's it did, say that about it? the second because why not? It's good. It seems to be the figures are good. Yeah. The reviews are good. Uh, on the can whole. I just say I I think I like it even more than the first series, and I was a big fan. Damn. Yeah. I love you. No, I d- uh, honestly. You. Uh, people, I have seen that quite a lot. I do yeah. read absolutely everything online. And yes. there's been a few things going. Season two, better than season one. I agree. Yeah. Honestly. Um, it's, it's really nice. It's, a it's massive, lovely. We really thought we were going to shit the bed, to be honest. It's really <laughs> terrifying <laughs> when it goes well the first time around, because you're like, oh shit, they're going to find us out now, and they're going to you know, yeah. realise we're actually just fuckwits. See, um, isn't it funny <laughs> how writers, always, every writer you speak to, they always, well actually everyone in every part of the business feels like they're going to be found out. Oh, totally. But like, you, yes. I think you've written a really clever dense um, sophisticated show and yet to, to hear you going oh god they're going to find us out or shit the bed <laughs> which by the way I never know if that's a good or a bad thing it yes. depends on your it means you've had a good night depends on how much you like <laughs> shit in the bed yeah. the rest of your day I mean in some ideal. some people that's a definite requirement they would um, like it yeah. but, uh, but to hear you say those things is like oh, okay so even something that appears as confident as that show is written by people that are doubting themselves Constantly, all the time yeah because you never know how you do you just try and do the how, best you can how do you yeah. deal with that that's one thing I'm always uh, interested in with writers because it can be solitary obviously you've got each other we always have each other, you we have each each other. other. which we is probably drugs. a blessing and a yeah. curse right um, yeah. mainly a blessing I'm going to say definitely because when there's two of you you can just go oh, is it alright are they going to hate us you can Share yeah. the load of anxiety and neuroticism. But then when it's bad, and there have been bad ones, you do just sit oh, there, there for days going, ones. and then they said this, and you're just looking at each other sort of lost and scared. And but at I least you've got each other to We at least have each other to, yeah, but you egg each other on for, for the sort of misery chat. And I do read know. everything, so I managed to find some obscure commentator somewhere. It's kind of, I see it's the worst thing. I read it to Harry. He does. Which, which one of you is better at dealing with um, any sort of negativity? Me, Harry. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I just ignore it, and I'm like, "Fuck it, I can't." Yeah, exactly. Is it because you dream more? <laughs> Egotist, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's a rampant narcissist. He yeah, thinks that. Well, that can't be it. true. Yeah, thanks. Man. See, I always <laughs> believe <laughs> bad. I believe bad reviews about I myself totally and not ones. good ones. Yeah, like good ones. I go. I mean, it's nice they've said that, but I think they've they, got me wrong. You need like fifty <laughs> good ones, and one yeah. bad one is equivalent to about fifty. I think. That's yeah, the but you do it to yourself. I will try and actively avoid reviews for a certain amount of time. But you'll go. Well, I'm not going to read anything, and you'll wake up. Like in a sea of TV choice magazines, like covered in <laughs> look and grazia. What happened? And like, yeah. I love, I love where I love that you, um, you're only going for a very specific type of uh, <laughs> yeah, review. Yeah. There, it's only weekly, you've ignored done. all the broadsheets. Oh, only weekly. Only weekly. That's where the people speak. <laughs> See, one of the luxuries of having a hit series uh, or, or uh, and getting a second series, even if it's not a hit, the first one. Um, I'm speaking from experience, but um, knowing that you've got another chance at it is A you get to iron out some of the um, issues you had in the first series but really importantly is you've got the cast in your head you can hear the way they speak you can write the character yeah. for those actors but you went and got rid of 99% oh, of your so, cast I know it, it was thought, such a bad idea it was a fucking <laughs> terrible idea because it just started it's a brand new show yeah. you know why did you do that is that was it because you felt the story had just yeah, tied I up yeah when we pitched the story and started writing we always said uh, Jimmy Nesbitt's 
character that ends and we had quite a definitive conclusion in mind and we did well it wasn't that definitive was it we were like the best endings are cyclical yeah. you know for us the OC, of course. <laughs> it is a great ending, I've got to say. It is a great ending. Brilliant reference. <laughs> I saw a lot of the OC in the first series yeah. of The Missing. And did you see the ending? The ending's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He meets the young Ryan. He meets yeah. the young Ryan. The and in this one, we were like, look, the first scene of the whole thing is him coming and going, I found something uh, really drunk and weird and lost. And we thought, if the last thing is, once he's been on this journey, he's got all this evidence that suggests that he probably did die and all this stuff and he's still convinced because he can't that, that, that he is out there because he can't live in a world without the possibility that yeah. his son's in it we're like that'd be a cool ending because it's set you're the, the audience are in the mind of this protagonist and, and he's lost and you know doesn't know where to look I know that but it did idea. also feel like what you were doing is teeing up season two a bit I yeah know, that, was a, that was my yeah, father mistake. Up that. I, love, I love the cliffhanger and I was like oh shit yeah. <laughs> well there are a few lingering shots we didn't we did take issue with there's a long lingering shot of the mm, boy at the end of was. the episode which heavily implies he is his son which and I tried repeatedly to get rid of and failed and but the picture in the newspaper the, of oh what Ollie might look like 15 years later then they cast the boy who might be on him and it was fucking like yeah. the same so, guy so a few sneaky things which yeah. were Messed with people, which we wouldn't have put. But in you ourselves. definitely felt like that story had finished. And it was he's dead, yeah, yeah. definitely. He's, dead. he's so <laughs> okay. dead. Okay. Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> if you haven't um, seen it, sorry, we've totally ruined it for you. So then, series two. How do you like prepare to come up with something that you feel is equally? Do you just go somewhere completely different? Panic. Or yeah, panic? it took us months. I mean, we did spend at least a month trying to work out how to bring James Nesbitt's character back because well, he is way really it good. might work. Yeah, exactly. But and even if it wasn't for the search for his son, what did we have? He was like looking for missing people generally. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, maybe <laughs> yeah, we looked off. into some 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 options, but I think we were like, look, when you have a missing person, we had talked about that so much and followed all the routes that could take, and we're like. We're just going to end up telling the same yeah. fucking story again, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, but you're tied to this damn title. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <I know. laughs> the yeah. So, but that was a brilliant idea to have have it based on someone coming back. You yeah. Know, well, yeah at what point did you go? Oh, I think I've got. I think I've got a spin on That was the this. first thing. Was it? Honest. Yeah, I think that's when we decided to write it. I think. Was yeah, it? I, I think, think actually so. at, the at the point at which we decided that Oliver's his son had to be dead yeah. in season one. We had been talking about all the endings and if he's alive, we go, oh, if he finds him at the end, that's not that happy because what mm -hmm. the hell's happened to him? But then we realised there's quite a good story in that. And, and yeah, there's a line in the car between uh, Chucky and Jimmy at the end of the first series where he's going, you know, Jimmy's like, oh, I wish he was still here. And he goes, well, what, what if he had survived? He'd have been locked in a basement the last eight years. What kind yeah. of a life is that? And we're like, well, actually, that's a story in itself. Yeah. <clears throat> what happens when that person comes back? And so where were they? with him, mean, but you it know. definitely felt like a cool story. Yeah. For yeah. another well, child. Like yeah. I said, I think you've done a brilliant job. Do you, when you write, because I've never written anything that's like a thriller or... Um, you know that has those kinds of multiple strands going on do you write the story before you write the script do you yeah because yeah. there are times where I'm watching because I know you there are yeah. times where I'm watching it and you have this amazing <laughs> you're so good at cliffhangers thank you that I go um, you should work on EastEnders um, <laughs> the, the, the drum roll would work <laughs> really well with your material we um, the music by the way in the show is excellent as it's well. amazing, amazing. Dominic yeah, 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 yeah really amazing, beautiful um, but I uh, I there are times where a new um, revelation um, happens and I'm like 
I can just imagine you two go, going, yes, high-fiving, going, that's such a brilliant idea. And then two minutes later going, shit, how are we going to unravel this? This that is, is so yeah, difficult. That is exactly that it. Is it? Because exactly, yeah. you get an amazing moment and you go, fuck, that's good. And sometimes you get an amazing moment and you'll realise, fuck, you can you never just, make that work. Really? It's like the I don't have a phone sitcom thing from that Rob Lott, you know. Yeah, uh, conversation that, with my agent. Have you had that book? No. Book? It's uh, what's it called? I wanna, Conversations I wanna... with my agent by Rob Long. Oh, I have heard of that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. They, it's you know how multicams, you know, studio shows they go, <clears throat> they gather, gather in a little huddle to try and find the best uh, punchline for a yeah, joke yeah. or whatever, and they go, "There's a phone ringing," and someone goes, it's like, "They're trying to find a, a punchline to someone, so and so called you," and someone always pitches the line. Yeah, but how did that happen? I don't have a phone, and like it's sort of if the absurd, the absurd thing gets a laugh because you go, "Yeah, there's a the phone ringing." Isn't that hilarious? There's a the phone actually, ringing. Well, isn't that weird? Why? Because I don't have a phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is funny, but it doesn't make any yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. sense, and you never can make it. So how you so that same thing? Same thing in drama. So you, yeah. have you had a couple of like t- ideas, twists, where you've tried to work backwards? And you've just gone, no, this is never going to... A few. Yeah. I've got to say, when the moment's good enough, you always think, we've got to make that work. On the end of episode one of this so does series. That, does that mean when you have a, like a, a, mo- a revelation, do you then have to like do a backstory building up to that moment to make sure that it so kind of tries? Yeah, yeah and sometimes much, it'll yeah. give you story. You know, yeah. you'll go, oh, well, if we can make that work, then maybe they could be doing that. And you're like, well, it opens up a whole other avenue. So it's just a part the, of the process the whole in terms of, of cracking the story. Yeah. comes from the end of episode one the moment yeah, yeah. that came we had to work out an entire really arc to make that you had to work. come up with a whole you had to yeah. scrap everything yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is better yeah. um, do you uh, do you ever write with just a blank page or is it always pretty much prepped the story always, before? always. I hate blank pages I, I have to I, know what it's about yeah I once saw an interview with Paul Abbott when he was talking about writing State of Play I don't know if you've seen State of yeah. Play the BBC what not the film and um which I, th- I thought was amazing. Yeah, and then um, thinking that every writer maps out what their story is, he said he, all he knew is he wanted to write about politics and the media, yeah. and he just started writing on a blank page. And I'm like, I hate you yeah, so much. You, How Paul did Abbott. you do Who do you think you are? <laughs> no. Who do you think you are? <laughs> How dare you? So you give, guys, that, give that BAFTA back. I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> give us that BAFTA back for being good. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> uh, so you guys uh, started in comedy, right? We did. We, that's the loosest possible sense of the word. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how we know each other. And um, is, it's fair to say that you'd had maybe trouble getting a show that really <laughs> stuck. Well, that's Even a polite, though I, no, very... No, no, no. <laughs> well, I don't want to be rude. But you had shows that I really liked, by the way. Thank One you. of them is Roman's Empire, which is, I think, when I met you, and uh, Full English, I really liked. Thank you. But they... Um, but, you know, there was a time where it was like, guys, you know, how, when you just need that break. And now it seems like you're getting breaks every other week. We're it's so, like they're coming out of every orifice. Karma, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. We spent eight years um, it's worse like than dog shit from The Guardian. <laughs> that was the first <laughs> ever review we had. First ever show we'd had. You know, it's like 10 years ago. I was 26. Yeah. The first show, BBC Two. And you go, oh, my God, the paper's going to review my show. Yeah. Gareth McLean in The Guardian. He now storylines for Coronation Street, so fuck him. <laughs> He's not bitter. That's what's nice about you, Jack. You're not bitter. This show you don't hold any resentment for anything. No, no, no. The, the, what, he compared us to our dad, who's also a writer, <laughs> and said they're worse than him or something. With yeah, it. yeah. They brought our dad into it. They're oh like, they're from, from, uh, from BAFTA winning Nigel from Williams. The sons have inherited none of his talent. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Their show like, is worse hell. than dog shit. Yeah. Like, wow. Why? Did that hurt? 
Yeah. No, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Can't you tell? Clearly. I'm sit hurt. Not, I'm not going to remember. My dad was delighted. He was like, well, I mean, obviously, I'm <laughs> very talented. <laughs> your, the, your dad was like, thank fuck he didn't say they were better than me. <laughs> yeah. I um, do have an Emmy. I do. I'm, I'm yeah. glad that he got my email. <laughs> <Gareth>. uh, <laughs> so, um, well, the reason I would say that and bring that up is not just to remind you of uh, the no, tough times, okay. is okay. to inspire people that, you know, sometimes these things take a while and yeah. to see, like, you've got The Missing, which is currently on. You had one of us on BBC One just recently you've uh, you're about to start a new show Liar that's Liar. right on oh, ITV yeah, another show um, from BBC One called Relic which is a thriller yeah. Yeah. Relic, Relic yeah. Yeah. oh my god um, you you know keeping your fingers in the comedy pies you exact probably the most talked about comedy show this year Fleabag yes. Oh, yes. you know I don't know how, how involved with that were you that was I uh, quite very involved I mean because it's gone back a long way we met first met Phoebe about three or four years ago mm -hmm. yeah um, <clears throat> before she had written the play actually so she she had just written the first few lines of the monologue and we're just having a drink with her and trying to meet new talent and she read the first few lines and we're like fuck we want that let's 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 make that let's do a tv show of that and well, she based actually based on a couple of lines based on a couple of lines yeah, yeah. Wow. we were yeah <laughs> drunk of dialogue uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. let's like just a, be clear it was, it was a monologue yeah it was like a monologue but it was only yeah, like not, yeah not of yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's quite, that's I was going to say that's how you do business yeah, it's like the Trump way of uh, <laughs> yeah. the way forward the future um, but yeah and then in the interim she went and wrote the play as we were developing the tv show and so that sort of made it a lot easier to sort of help sell that to channels and all that stuff. So were you there when, so were you kind of attached to the play as well? Yeah, we were doing the TV show it before the, the play. So, so we Theatre and Edinburgh and stuff? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, we did it sort of at the same time. So we've been oh, trying wow. to crack the TV show for so long that she ended up writing the play because she was getting so frustrated with us, maybe. us and the structure <laughs> and how you put that down. And then the play unlocked a lot of things. So were you, you were quite hands-on for a while? Yeah, because yeah, I, mean, I think because I think having made so much comedy and seen where it can go wrong, <laughs> I think just sometimes people just lose nerve and you can't make that stuff by committee, you know. She yeah. knew what she wanted to do. Yeah, she oh, well, that's, that's a very authored show. It's isn't so it? yeah. authored and she writes so much stuff. I mean, the thing with her is like, she makes so much stuff and then she's like, oh, actually, no, I'm going to change it. You're like, no, no, what you'd written was so fucking amazing. Really? Let's keep that. That was our only job, really. Was, was going, knowing, to remind her when she had something brilliant and making sure no one else fucked with it. That was, yeah, but exactly. that is something making it, it look really good. That was. The, the main thing. How you know. do you stop people from fucking with it? What is you the? You just say this is really good. Don't fuck with yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you back her up when you need to, and you have to trust that it'll be good, and you have to. Trust do you not worry about saying that to commissioners and then we going? Well, say, we don't say that. Obviously, <laughs> so, that <laughs> <we're> <laughs> lightly, so you're absolutely there. right. We'll pass on the notes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> Fortunately, um, we see the very nice. So yeah. that's okay. Well, that, uh, I mean, do you do you guys want to continue writing comedy yourselves? Are Fuck you? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Do you? We tried for eight years and failed. Yeah, I don't know I'm if you. Can I just say? Try. I don't know if you failed. It's just so difficult to get it's a so hard, comedy that la stick. even good comedies no, yeah, right, sort right. of can hover around yeah. and not like just hit the whatever it is that makes it go Absolutely. more mainstream yeah, or something you're, you're right yeah. you are right and it is and the thing about comedy is it's really stressful it's really hard when you're like you're telling jokes and you're putting stuff out there and people aren't laughing that's a mm. really very stressful thing and I think that's the main reason we well you've answered my next question which is which do you prefer writing comedy is so much harder I think I, there, I said this to someone in a meeting the other day and I think it's true most people I know who work in comedy are to some degree depressed yeah 
company. Yeah. And I don't think they were depressed people before they got no, in the business. No. The constant search for other people's approval. Yeah. It's just... And do you not... So you don't have that in uh, I drama? I do, but it's just... It. I have it constantly, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but at least it's not pronounced, because when it's, a joke doesn't yeah. land, you know straight away. If people don't like a, sh- a drama, they tend to be like, oh, I don't like it that much. Yeah. They're okay. not vitriolic. The response yeah. to a comedy people don't like is absolutely... <clears throat> insane isn't it you get people going this is shit how dare you shouldn't be allowed to work yeah a joke that falls flat is so much more painful than a scene that doesn't quite work yeah. where you're just like that ah, was on yeah 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 um, <laughs> uh, do you um, uh, when you're writing drama do you often um, how do you sort of test whether it's because often with comedy you can sort of test but how do you know what's the litmus test whether it's I dramatic it, enough I think or each other really if we can surprise each other yeah. and uh, you, you make each other cry <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> holding each well, other really move you I think you know when when you've got the story the bones of a story and you're like oh fuck that's an ama- there's an amazing scene in that the story's led you to a point where this scene can happen and we're both itching to write that scene you're like that's a, yeah. it's definitely going to be a good when there's a scene we don't have to tell each other what they think and they have to go and the te- detective the same we're going over here you know that's not good if there's a scene you're going oh my god by the end of this their expectations of each other is completely reversed yeah. 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 we're fighting over who gets to write it what's the miss yeah. in the first drama you wrote it was. I, w- it was I wrote a lot of drama on my own for sort of series TV yeah what like writing episodes like for Babylon, Hire yeah. yeah yeah I watched on Wild at Wonder- Heart wonderful shows wonderful shows <laughs> Wild at Heart of course you may have seen my episode with the giraffe mm-hmm. uh, who was poorly it was quite something it's very very authored it that was episode very authored <laughs> very, very authored episode. I saw very that and I went giraffes that must it be it must be <laughs> yeah that's no, I, I meant. Yeah. Um, so, but that was the first original drama mm-hmm. we ever wrote it was it's yeah. not bad is it hit rate Shit, yeah, that's good. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> Thank God. Well, we're nearly going to stop. Well, we're going to have to stop writing at some point together if, if nothing yeah, is sticking. We only wrote it. We hadn't worked for about six months and yeah. we were completely broke. So, yeah. so how do you, um, what is your process? Do you like do proper office hours when you write? Do you just do it when the muse hits you? Like, do you <laughs> drink? <laughs> like, what's the. Well, actually, these days, because we're producing more, it's sort of finding the time to write and setting whole days <clears throat> aside where, you know, we don't have meetings so we can actually just sit and write is the thing. Because we've been trying to do, like, two hours here and there, but that never fucking works because you just sit there. Yeah, I know. Gassing. Gassing. <laughs> you do. If you go and you have an app, but, yeah, if you set aside a day and just yeah. have a chat, it's a nice change from talking about production schedules and yes. yeah. thrilling yeah. things like thrilling that things. Yeah. Uh, was your dad uh, a drama or co- he was a drama writer right yeah, yeah. he does everything really drama he, he has plays, books. plays books journalism oh. yeah, adaptations he, of course I, re- I remember his um, article on no I don't I, no, <laughs> should I should I know him am I being a philistine no. for not knowing his work no was he no no no, no, no. He's, um, he's just the most famous writer ever <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Um, so when you were growing up, were you inspired? Like, what? How come you both became writers? Like, what was it? What was the thing that was passed down? Was it because he was like, "I want you to be writers as well"? Yes, or he beat was us it? if we didn't come yeah. up with a good. Act yeah. Two. What kind of environment was it that you like? Was it? A I think. To artistic? be honest, principally, it started with a when you're growing up. Most people's pet dads are off at work and travel a lot and he was normally at home or when he wasn't he was at the bar Yeah. and I thought that looks quite fun I want his job and then he told me a lot of stories the, bar, the being in the bar bit yeah, yeah. the being in the bar we, bit yeah. I want that job yeah. <laughs> you go, that's, that's quite cool I think I know I'm a producer so around the table you'll sort of naturally talk about stories and in a way that doesn't seem weird you know, yeah, yeah. so it becomes sort of normal to do that it's just sort of depressingly predictable isn't it 
Well, he's a writer, depressing. she's a producer, we all... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's well, sort of a natural thing, you know. I actually, I don't know if I know anyone other than you. I, I know of people, or I may have met people, but not people I know yeah. who grew up with, who've ended up doing exactly what their parents did. Or yeah, certainly, it is unusual. I think. It is it's, there's a lot of actors um, at the moment in their 30s who seem to be the sons or there 20s. Are a lot of them, aren't there? There's, yeah, there's quite a lot. A lot yeah. There's like a fox and a... Um, there's obviously Rafe's Pool. There's yeah. a, Alan. There's an Alan. What? An Keith Alan? Alan. Keith Alan. Keith Alan. Yeah. Um, Alan. What yeah. else is there? What else, what else have we got? Can what we, else can we get a list of famous <laughs> sons? There's a few that I was quite surprised that they were also... Anyway, uh, before I get bitter about people and their... Phil Collins isn't an actor. No. Does he never acted? <laughs> yeah, of course he's he acted. Has acted hasn't he? I would call him an actor before a musician. I think his work in Buster was uh, <laughs> no, overshadows his no, many, many hits yeah. in the pop in the pop world. Amazing. Um, apparently, he grew up as uh, in a, not grew up in a <laughs> that would be weird in a uh, uh, he went to stage school. He was born in a stage school. And <laughs> born in a stage school and, and raised in by a drama teacher. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's back, but slightly, there's something not... Anyway, I don't know what you're talking it. about. You're not no, 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 no. He seems frail. I'm a bit well, worried about... Well, he was about. really depressed, wasn't he? Yeah, and... And I he was like, I can't do music anymore because people, people think I'm a joke, didn't he? It was quite a sort yeah. of... What didn't, yeah. I felt a bit bad for him. He stopped. Yeah. I don't want to feel too bad. He's, he's, doing, he's right. doing fine. He was He was a classic sort of like, you know, the way that people are about Coldplay or Ed Sheeran now or something. Yeah. He was like, he was the butt of a joke back in the day, he, which is weird when you're that successful... To be so bothered to be by, by yeah. Up, you're like people you are, are buying my record, and this was yeah. in an age where you had to go <laughs> yeah. to a shop to yeah, buy yeah. a record, yeah. and, and he sold millions. Do. <laughs> I know. They don't uh, like me enough. Yeah, chill out, Phil. Um, on, Phil. So you've got liar. Uh, got which you're, you can't really talk about it. You want to keep that under wraps. There's a few things under wraps, but there's, there'll be exciting announcements yeah. to come. It's with Joanne Froggart and Joanne Grifford are the leads. Okay. Mr. Yeah. Fantastic. Mr. Oh, Fantastic. Good. Yes, of course. A lovely man. Um, we're talking the uh, Fantastic Four films. No, he's no. just Fantastic. No, he's just that's, that's, that's what he insists him. you call him yeah, on yeah, set, is it? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Fantastic, that was a great, <laughs> um, great take. But he could we that. get a bit yeah. more... Um, <laughs> um, and then will f- uh, Fleabag happen again? I mean, it feels like a show that could could or couldn't. Like It's, it's definitely in the in offing, I think. People when were talking. If and when Phoebe's... I think she, she threw everything into it and she needs a little break yeah. and I think it needs to be it's one of those shows that she wants to do it right rather than mm-hmm. gotta get it in for next year you know so and are you working with other comedy people to develop shows as well yeah, yeah. they've got a few things going do you enjoy doing that I love it do you yeah, yeah it's great what do you like about it well, I think we we sort of got a bit of ADD because f- during the years of doing the comedy, we we're always constantly having to pitch things and come up with new yeah. ideas, and it's sort of now in our nature to go, oh, what's that, and get distracted and try and pursue something else mm. we really should be doing the thing we're being paid to do. So, um, <laughs> talking of pitching, when you first started pitching drama, having been known in the industry as comedy writers. Mm. Did people take you seriously when you first did that? We actually wrote we the don't script you, yeah. for The Missing did you? just on yeah. spec because we knew no one would take us seriously. So we went away to France and wrote it and then sent it only to our agents saying this might be really embarrassing. Like it's the yeah. kind of poetry you write when you're 16 and said, <laughs> if, if it's awful, <laughs> yeah, don't tell, tell us. anyone. We're really sorry. Yeah. There's lots of crying and emotion and stage directions and people. Isn't and we that still what do they that. want though? Yeah. Well, it turns out. It turns yeah. out they do like it. Yeah. Um, we, we still don't do that. There's not quite as much crying in this season, is there? No, much crying. No, it's a bit no. more withheld. There's yeah. a bit more like uh, what's going, 
A bit less crying, a bit more shouting, I would say. A bit more shouting. There's a lot of crying to come. There's yeah. a fair bit of crying. Six and eight. I haven't seen this week's yet. I'm very excited. Oh, the end of this week. I'm very, very great. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot... I don't want to just keep talking about that show because you. I'm yeah, happy right. talking about that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did one of us do? I think it did. I think right. it did fine. It did. It Got did, some nice reviews. Yeah, it, it did well. You know, it went out in August. Four parties. It's not the same. Yeah. Level of engagement, I think, but that's okay. I think it's a bit more of a a strange prospect. If that's the thing to say. It's a, it's a harder ask for an audience to right. you know get into a show. How do you how do you yeah. explain that show in a sort of the, the problem with that shows, yeah, the that, premise is the that, I think that's the main problem with it. It's not a simple way in. It's yeah. sort of this morality tale, and it, and it's an ensemble show, so there's no clear sort of way in for an audience where with the missing, you're like, guy loses kid, guy looks for kid. It's quite simple. Yeah. And then you can really hook into that with this one's a bit more involved as a premise. And what do you have to pick the person you like sort of thing that like there's no clear lead actor yeah, or yeah, I think that would have helped to have a clear lead. It yeah. would have you're In sort of suspecting everyone. I think you should have come to me guys. I would have yeah, given I you that. Note. I, know. I would have given you that note straight now. away. <laughs> <laughs> that said, I mean it, it's a great show and it looks good and it did well. It's just um yeah, we're proud of it. But yeah. yeah, you know. It's good to, you know, it's good when you get to a point in your life where you can be a bit more philosophical about the, you know, successes of your shows rather than just everything crippling you and you crying yeah, into God, a pillow yeah. at night. That, it, it did <laughs> for so I mean? long, I think. It's just exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's how he says it's not. There's nothing negative about that at yeah, all. Yeah. And I think just it's good to look at things and go what could we have done differently or better yeah because after missing you go why is it why are they doing what the missing this that's a bit greedy yeah, I want yeah, everything yeah. I it do to be a big we, hit that's the trouble we're yeah. greedy <laughs> and uh, compared to that isn't it yeah. you know? exactly. um, do you have plans to do a third missing or I is think I again like with the second one I think it would have to be really different and not go over the same or really well paid well, that always <laughs> helps. That always helps. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we need some time off because it's been it's yeah, two years non-stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the good thing about this one is that people haven't gone, oh, God, they're doing it again. Oh, it's yes. rubbish. And that's been lovely. But I think that's because we took the time to make sure it was. Also, the anthology aspect of it, um, which is weird because there was a time I remember when people would pitch any kind of show, whether comedy or drama, where it would be different stories each week or different mm. sets of character each season. Yeah. And now it seems like quite a lot of shows are doing that. Like yeah. it's sort of fashionable again it's weird isn't it I know suddenly it's allowed it also means there's no schedule of it has to be every year or every two years it's sort of like if we had a really good idea we're excited about yeah. and that was three or four years time great but I don't I think it's sort of the good thing about it is you probably could do it in a couple of years with a whole new set of years. And also, I, th I think the one thing we do want to write for Checky again because you just love him as a yeah, character yeah he's great He's great. It'd be a shame. It's a shame not him, to, but I wouldn't. Yeah, what's we don't his have an what's idea. his history? What's his like? He's is he big in? It was like in Bad Boys as sort of the was evil he? Frenchman. Yeah, and yeah. the Patriot. The Patriot. The so evil Frenchman. He was the nineties <laughs> Frenchman. Yeah, uh, evil Frenchman on the whole, wasn't he? Yeah, always evil. Uh, and he's a musician as well. Uh, he's just done a we, movie with Joaquin Phoenix. He's yeah, just, he just does what he feels like. He's great. He's I love the nicest man. Yeah, Brilliant. yeah. Oh, I, I was I was he pleased is. that he came back. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Too. yeah, yeah. He's going to have quite a lot of trauma if someone goes missing a third time, though, isn't he? He's and gonna... also, some, if, it, if it's from an old case that he didn't solve, yeah. you'll start to go deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah you maybe you're not good at this. Reputation for being the world's <laughs> yeah. best detective. You keep not finding them. So that would be uh, a yeah. issue. If you want a guy who won't find your <laughs> kid, <laughs> here's your well, man. Give it 17 years. Yeah, he might come up with a vague idea. That's his superpower. Yeah. 
That's cool. Okay, well, look, guys, um, th- thanks for coming in. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's been, it's been our pleasure, pleasure Daniel. Daniel. No, it's mine. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, no. it's been ours. Um, please, um, uh, uh, I don't know what I was about to say there. <laughs> please. Please. Please, 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 please go. Please. <laughs> we can do that. We can do that. Just go. Okay. Um, uh, no, just keep up the good work, because um, I'm a fan, and um, I hope that the next the next thing the liar when will that be out uh probably not till next september yeah okay well quite a while good luck with the uh, rest of this season brilliant don't, don't tell me anything i'll tell you nothing thank you very much jack and harry okay well before we bring on our next guests the creators of humans uh i'm going to play us a little song we play songs on this show from uh from tv shows or films and um if you listen to this as a podcast you'll only ever hear like a five second clip that's because of rights and stuff so tune in to foobar.com on fridays at 12 p.m if you want to hear the show with the full songs um and if you do listen to this as a podcast please rate the show and subscribe and share it with all your friends so this is a song from the film the wrestler the song called The Wrestler and it's from the almighty uh, Bruce Springsteen The Boss um, with The Wrestler Screen Talk with Dan Clark on FUBAR Radio so, my guests today are the creative minds behind Channel 4's smash hit show, Humans, and uh, the second series is currently airing on Channel 4 on Sunday nights. Uh, we have with us Jonathan Brackley and Sam Vincent. Sam Vincent? Uh, Vincent, yes. Vincent. Vincent. <laughs> I think. You're wearing a rolled up uh, polo neck yeah. and uh, smoking a cigarette, so <laughs> I feel like you should be... Uh, could you just say your names so that the listeners can identify who is who? Uh, unfortunately, we have very similar sounding voices, but so I'm could John one of you Brackley, do an accent? Yeah, and Sam will speak in a Welsh accent. <laughs> yeah. So you're jo- John, say hello. John. Jo- I'm John. Hi. Hi. I think John is slightly more well spoken than I am, just just by just, shape. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, is yeah. that okay? And is uh, did I get the order right, Jonathan Brackley and Sam Vincent? That's how that, <laughs> no, that's how didn't. we legally have to be yeah. Uh, addressed. Yeah, is it? Is that that, that, uh, that order surname alphabetical? Is yeah, that oh, what it is? Oh yes. Oh, oh, what happens if someone says it the other way around? Do you do the you lo- have to the correct lawyers them? Are waiting <laughs> the lobby. We we split up. Is that who your people are in the? Uh, yes, uh, all out sixteen there? of them. Yeah, got a lot of legal power behind them. No, that's that's our nutrition. <laughs> what that 16 people Cordelia. yeah <laughs> they do they're constantly taking blood tests and uh, urine samples every hour on the hour um have you ever seen a nutritionist this is totally off topic but uh, uh, how, well, how, what pro- as in visited one or in the street no probably, like gone to a professional nutritionist i've never done that yeah no Okay, good. Sorry. Kill that question have uh, dead. Have you? Was I that, have, was yes. Was that your first question? That was, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I just thought of that then. Uh, well, thanks for joy, uh, joining us, guys. And um, congratulations on the show and the success of the show. Someone told me this. Thank I don't you. know if this is true or not, that last year when the show was on, Humans, uh, it was Channel 4's biggest drama for several years. Is that correct? 20 years. Yes. 20 years. Not since uh, the chamomile lawn. Uh, you know that show we all when, remember, yeah. which I'm sure you recall fondly. Um, yeah, it's, it's the yeah, the biggest um, original drama launch ever. That's amazing. How yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, we, uh, yeah, it's pretty astonishing. I mean, we knew that was going to happen, didn't we? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. we wrote it specifically to be the best yeah. thing ever. Okay, we wouldn't have bothered. Uh, yeah, we wouldn't have bothered I, 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 yeah. I admire that confidence. Um, <laughs> 
I, be- I sort of detect a little bit of bullshit, but uh, uh, no, there's there's a lot of bullshit there. We obviously had no idea it was going to do that, and I don't think anybody did. Um, did you uh, when you wrote the first series, you didn't know that? So then the second series, you have suddenly expectations or pressure. Did it feel in any way different writing it a second time round? Do you know? Do you know what we get that we've had that question before, and the Damn. honest answer, the honest sorry, so the honest no, but it's quite thought provoking. The honest answer is is no. Really? Um, it doesn't put any extra pressure on because we uh, that which does sound too sort of sanctimonious. We're, we're already trying to make the best show that we can. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't really change anything. We're still trying to make the best yeah, show. We like were you, first year. You don't we sit down for the second year. series and think, okay, this one I'm going to try 20% harder yeah. mm-hmm. to be better than the last and, You just, you know, you put your you, all into it and Yeah, and you crossed. also don't, so you know, it's completely fruitless to try and forensically work out why it was successful and then just do the bits that yeah, make yeah. it successful. That, that's insanity as well. So it actually doesn't change your approach and it doesn't really heap any pressure on the pressure is was there anyway there is an element of writing a second series from my experience where it's easier because suddenly you've actually got the actors voices in your head and you go i know how to write this person that i can hear them exactly and we you know for the second series we very much know what the show is you know we're comfortable Mm. with it you know there was a lot of you know establishing work going on in the first series to try and find the show's voice um uh, so yeah, we do. There's a certain sort of comfort level um, mm-hmm. in a, in a second series. Can you describe in a um, sh- uh, in an economical fashion the premise of the show? And I only say economic. You can give me yeah. a long version if you want, but I always think like, what's the one-liner mm-hmm. of the show? So humans takes place in a parallel present where humanoid, lifelike androids known as synths are commonplace throughout the world particularly in all areas of menial and domestic labor hundreds of millions of these things they look just like us um, they're incredibly advanced but they are um, unconscious automatons apart from the fact that a very few have actually achieved self-awareness mm-hmm. and the second series sees um, that branch of the storyline expanding are you surprised uh did you know that um and again i hate to bring this up i'm sure you've been asked this as well that ai seems to be kind of in vogue again it has been maybe you know in the past Mm -hmm. but obviously the the obvious show i'm talking about is westworld um Mm -hmm. they're very different shows which i think is so brilliant is that you've got two prominent shows at the moment and Mm -hmm. yet somehow they feel Mm -hmm a million miles apart from each other. Well, I think the, the, the subject matter is sort of in the ether. You know, when we were making the first series, you know, every every day pretty much there'd be a story in the press about, you know, uh, moving forward of uh, artificial intelligence. Um, and I think that's because we're, you know, now sort of closer than ever before to it happening. It's still, you know, a fair way away, mm-hmm. according to most experts. But... You know, it's it's nearer than we could possibly have imagined, um, and you know we've got people like smart people like Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking mm-hmm. are saying you know it's the next great existential threat to humanity. Do you believe um, that? I d- I do. I'm I, I'm terrified of it. I no, I don't give a shit. As no, long as it's I... all it's all good. It's all going to be fine. We've done our research. <laughs> Yeah, you know, t- TV writers say it's yeah. okay. Not not the really yeah. smart scientists. What kind so it's gonna be fine. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Done. <laughs> uh, what kind of research do you do? None. Well, we we, <laughs> we make a lot up. Yeah, um, I mean, you you do of course make a lot up. It is fiction, but um, 
Uh, a lot of reading. So we're sort of on top of um, a lot of that. We obviously don't read the kind of high-level scientific papers, although we have tried, we just, but we can't understand them. So we read the more kind of popular books um, and follow the whole field. And we've also kind of met and spoken to a few experts. And it's really our sort of relationships with them um, that lead us to be relatively relaxed and optimistic actually about really yeah and what Um, what are those people saying then those people are saying what we are creating is going to be an incredibly advanced tool intelligence is a a tool and Mm -hmm. it can be applied and if we can apply an artificial intelligence to some of the world's vastly complex and intractable problems we may actually be able to get closer to solving them than ever before to give you an example um, one of the people, one of the guys that we know is a guy called Demis Hassabis, who's the uh, founder and uh, CEO of DeepMind, um, a com- an artificial intelligence company, that, a British one, that was bought by Google for a lot of money. And he's he's always in the news because he's really at the forefront of um, the latest developments in AI. And one of the things that he did for Google was their huge data centers that use so much power, obviously, to kind of keep all the servers running. They'd already optimized the power usage there. He applied, and they thought it couldn't, nothing more could be done to Im- further improve sort of energy economy. He applied one of his AI programs to it and saved them an extra 15%, saving them money, saving the environment, but also doing it in such a way that a human team of managers could never do, because it applies these kind of in- microscopic adjustments constantly. Mm-hmm. But um, And that's just one sort of example of how an intelligence, not a consciousness, because I think people sort of conflate the two. Artificial consciousness is something else. Yeah. We deal with both in humans, but artificial intelligence just isn't conscious, doesn't have desires, doesn't have feelings, but is, can work problems out is going to be hugely helpful for us. So, but do you, because what your show um, proposes uh, is that there is a link between artificial intelligence and consciousness, that at some point the next step is that and whether that will mutate organically or someone will you know tweak the designs to make that happen i mean in in a way it's not so much droids coming to life and having you know self-awareness that frightens me it's more and this i'm i'm by the way, I'm stealing someone else's observation here when I say this. But like someone once said, imagine that, you know, you, we're using things like dr- drones and imagine we build an army out of robots who go in and kill. You don't have to make that moral decision anymore because someone, mm-hmm. something else has to do it. So then mm-hmm. it would be so much easier to press a button that says, right, go into that village and annihilate everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, there's... How can we how can we be sure that this stuff won't be used for pure evil? Mm-hmm. Well, that's true, but that's not really about artificial intelligence or consciousness. You could, that's just about the advent of technology. You could argue that the very first time we invented a rifle, it put a distance between us and the act of killing. You know, we don't have to stab like somebody. You're not, yeah, up, yeah, yeah. you're not a foot in front of them. You don't have to see their face, feel the blood gush <laughs> over you. You've got a stick, I like the idea that it's, it re- it's a really calm experience, yeah. you know, with a rifle. Way, yeah. Yeah. But, Especially know, back then when you had to load it and fix <laughs> yeah. everything in and go, yeah, I've got absolutely no connection to what I'm doing here. But That's it. But you are, but, yeah, on a fundamental level. Is, has progressively removed us from the point of uh, uh, where our consequences, the consequences of what we do, 
take place you know so i mean artillery pieces that you can bomb mm -hmm. another town you never see the town yeah yeah you know, and that's been going on for 150 200 years so that's that's sort of a different issue in 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 my book is the is the degree of autonomy i guess that you know if, what the difference is when the machine takes a decision to uh, bomb or not bomb that's mm -hmm. um but you know we're not really there yet i mean it's mm -hmm. a hugely thorny ethical issue but you uh and certainly in, i haven't seen series two yet but you are tackling mostly with washing up uh laundry yeah, the big uh, issues yeah the big issues <laughs> here um <laughs> which i think is something everyone goes wow that would actually be pretty cool but um uh i uh once uh in my um days of doing uh stand-up and comedy songs i wrote a rather immature but sort of um uh, you know, uh, high concept song about um, what I call prostadroids, which mm -hmm. would be one day we will. Do you deal with that at all? Like, um, you know, synths that are purely for sexual pleasure and mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I, I yeah, I mean, we, we we sort of addressed that in series one, and it's sort of um, an ongoing sort of concept in our world. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I think there's there's sort of interesting questions that we explored certainly in the first series about you know. If there were machines that were unconscious, specifically designed for that, you know, is that better, you know, than having, you know, human sex workers? Right. Is yeah. that you know, is that certainly, morally better? Certainly, people who or, are pressed into yeah, exactly, of course, against their will. Or you know, does the very fact that they exist encourage? Encourage yeah. you to is, is some sort of you know moral degradation going on there? Anyway, is it cheating? You know? Well, well, there you go. Oh, what Is are it the, cheating? You yeah. know, what are the? Um, can you still get an STD? You know, these are the other <laughs> questions. That, that would be an unusual feature to sort of fit into your. Well, you still get viruses <laughs> in computers, don't you? So you know, true, there is true. a, yeah. there is something going <laughs> yeah. on there. Um, well, uh, good luck with the the rest of the show. Um, Thanks very much. With Thank the rest you. of the the series, I. Uh, I wondered if you had any favourite um, AI films or TV shows from uh, previous, before you started writing mm -hmm. this um, work, because uh, the, there's actually been quite a few, mm -hmm. and like I say, I mean, massive respect for like finding a way of telling this story. I was actually surprised, I went to see Ex Machina, mm -hmm. um, which for ages I was saying Ex Machina, but... Uh, <laughs> They never say that in the film, so I was, no one told me. Um, I felt like a fool. But uh, if in I, I, doubt, just pronounce all films in the sort of Latin way. Okay. Yeah. Then you'll never, like, you'll always sound clever. Okay. Yeah. So how does that apply to Transformers? Um, Transformers. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, um, I, I went to see it, and I thought, well, this is um, this is like. A, tried and tested uh, story and mm -hmm. concept but they from, uh, from, for my money I thought they'd mm -hmm. found a really fresh and original way of doing that um, mm -hmm. were there, are, are there any that for you when you were writing this um, that you either were inspired by or had to avoid um, I think you know that we've, we're sort of <clears throat> sci-fi fans so we know there's a lot of films that have sort of mm -hmm. um, been a big part of um, our you know Film going um, tutelage. Um, <laughs> nice word. I like that. Thanks very much. I'm not sure it makes sense in that <laughs> sentence, but uh, I'm going to use it. It sounds anyway. nice, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, so things like, I mean, Blade Runner. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Blade Runner. The big, the big one. How do you feel about yeah. the sequel? 
good. If it's really yeah, well, good, I mean, then it's then it'll know, be great. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not? You're not one of these. Oh, mm. the sacrilege! They shouldn't be doing a sequel to this. Yeah, no, because yeah. it might be really good. Yeah. yeah, good. What if it's really good? Yeah. Well, the director's great, and yeah. you know the people all involved seem to be great. Yeah. So I'm optimistic. Exactly. Yeah. They're not going to delete the original Blade Runner and make that unavailable. No, yeah. apparently they are. That's, oh, they are. That's, oh, okay. the, that's the deal. Right. They, there wasn't enough hard, hard yeah. uh, drive space if we, if, <laughs> for if, both. If we do a sequel to a really beloved film, I think we should insist that they delete the original, delete the original yeah. as, as part of the contract. Yeah. Um, uh, th that would be a great yeah. press launch, wouldn't it? Just to really <laughs> piss everyone off. Um, we need the original Star Wars trilogy deleted yeah. in order to yeah. make this one. Um, Everybody so needs to hand in their T-shirts and their figures. Yeah. Yeah, They'll be burnt on a pile. Hand in, yeah. like, a, like at school. <laughs> so uh, we always get our guests to ask... Um, ask people uh, to, to put forward a guilty pleasure um, mm -hmm. a film or TV show or anything r really in the world of um, storytelling that uh, you either know is terrible but you like anyway or you think is misunderstood Mm -hmm. You've both picked some really great choices. <laughs> One of them is a, probably a first on this show. But right. um, why? This is my one. Okay, so why don't we start with the slightly mm. more conventional but still brilliant mm. choice, Jonathan? Mm. What did you go for? Um, I went for the film Howard the Duck. Which or Howard, a new breed of hero, if you're going by the UK title. Oh, was it really called that? Mm, yeah. I don't remember. Right. I don't know called. why they would change that. They're trying oh. to sort of hide the fact <laughs> it's, it's about a duck. A duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, no one will notice if we don't say in yeah. the title. And, and we, we don't go in their droves. And, it's and like, we oh, don't put the, yeah, uh, the main the character film. on the poster. If we don't put that on yeah, there either, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, how, do you mind me asking how old you are ish? Are you, uh, are you 63? 63. No. Um, I'm 37. He okay. said, almost forgetting. Because yeah. I'm I'm old enough to remember that film, but mm. it feels like not. A f if you weren't around when it came out, I just don't yeah. know why anyone would know that film unless yeah. it's it become a weird cult classic. But I don't think it has. Has it? Sort of. It's got a sort of cult following because it's so bad. Um, why don't you Why don't you describe it? Because well, I think it's um. It's but well, it's a film. It's, it's based George on Lucas. A, it's George, George Lucas, Lucas produced. Yeah. It's but yeah. I think it's actually the first. Technically, it's the first Marvel film. Serious. <laughs> because I think it's the first Marvel character adapted go. for a feature There's film. Um, uh, it's based on That's the why comic. It took them so Duck. long to yeah, finally exactly. get other films made. Exactly. So it's a comic from the seventies, and I didn't know the comic at all when I first saw the film. Um, about um, a humanoid duck mm -hmm. uh, that comes to live on Earth. And I think the, the original comic is sort of a... When you say humanoid, you well, mean... Well, uh, well, sorry, I should say in the film it's, it's sort of human a, human, a humanoid kind of... It's Not a humanoid, duck. a human-sized... Human size. It's a, a duck. Sentient, yeah. a, a sentient, a sentient duck. duck. Yeah. No, in the comic, he's just a duck who can talk. Yeah. Uh, an intelligent duck who can talk. But he's a robot duck in the film, is he? He's not a robot. No. Duck, no. But he's he's, he's the. He's <laughs> <laughs> it's, essentially, it's a person dressed up as a duck this in the film. This that's, does that's sound the best like they could do. This sounds like <laughs> the conversation George Lucas probably had when he was pitching this to yeah. the. And I'm the studio exec. Yeah, so, he's, it, a, wait, wait a minute, what, he's a robot he's duck. A what? No, he's, he's a, a what? Um, so yeah, and so the, the film is about Howard the duck who comes from his um, home planet, which is a duck world, mm -hmm. um, and comes to Earth and um, meets Tim Robbins. I seem Tim to Robin, remember uh, Tim uh, Robbins. Yeah, one of his early roles. Tim yeah. Robbins and Lee Thompson. 
Yeah. Um, um, and I remember, I remember, I think it came out in 1986 or so. Yeah. And I remember, because I, I wouldn't have gone to see it at the um, cinema, but I remember our local news agent, they were, you, you used to go to rent videos, mm-hmm. VHSs yeah. back on in the little, day. Um, uh, what they? On a little carousel. Yeah, thing, carousel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember seeing it then. I think it was, it, I think it was a 15 certificate and I wasn't old enough. And I thought, I'm sure it is because it it's quite got quite a lot of adult humour in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I remember thinking, wait a minute, this is a this is a film good. about a duck, a sort of a duck on Earth, but it's sort of mm. for adults. And I was just fascinated because he was sort of a bit of a wisecracking. Yeah, he's a wisecracking. Like he had, a, he had his collar a, up. Bit didn't of a he? pervert, you know. Did he have a little mohawk as well? He did. And there's yeah. a really weird joke in the a film sort of, where he's got a condom in his wallet. Oh my god! And what is that this? sort of that sort of instantly there is a mind. What the mind you? It sort of sounds like a film that might work now more than it mm. did. Maybe it was so ahead of it. So, so just quickly, you've picked this as a guilty pleasure. Is that because you watch it regularly, or you just? I have a great fondness. I did genuinely like it as a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely thought it was great because it's so weird and fascinating. It's I want to watch it. Odd film. I actually want to watch um, it. It's sort of uh, it's essentially a kids' film with all this sort of mad adult humour yeah. in it. Um, obviously, uh, if you watch it now, it's not a great film. That may come as and, a great film. And, and it was also famous for being such a huge flop as well. Uh, it was one of the, like, the biggest the big flops, flops of all time. Yeah, it was like yeah. Heaven's uh, Gate properly, and then properly tanked. Howard the Duck and yeah. Waterworld. Yeah. Although, obviously, the Howard the Duck got his, got his cameo back in... Is it Guardians of the Galaxy? Mm. There you go. Yeah, he's uh, back. Our producers yeah. nodding, yeah. very emphatically yeah. nodding. He's in, he's in the collectors. His head's almost um, coming we off. We are available to write the Howard the Duck reboot. Reboot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Are you though? Because you've got a lot of work on your hands. Well, we'll, if, we'll find him. We'll find it. All right. You should get his name right for a start. You imagine if he was actually up for hiring you up until that moment. That was the thing that blew it. It's like, no, I'm never employing anyone who can't pronounce my name. Because he's, you know, he's a gangster from the 20s. That's what I've heard. Don't mess with me. So that's a brilliant choice already. If it had just been that Cheers. from you guys I would have been giving you five stars from my strange <laughs> rating system for guilty pleasures mm-hmm. and I urge everyone listening to go and track down Howard the Dark and watch it I'm going to watch it I'm going to rewatch it I hope that it is somewhere available um, mm. but uh, uh, um, Sam what is mm. your what is your this this yeah. is well, I really struggle to think of a guilty pleasure film uh, John reminded me that I really like the film Mission to Mars but and also really like the Walter Brian World. De Palma one. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had Walter World uh, only last week, yeah, actually. But, yeah, but I, but I don't feel like I can say that they're guilty pleasures. I would mount a spirited defence of them. Good, I like that. Any film graduate. Good. Um, so, but the, yeah, the thing that I do sort of feel sort of vaguely ashamed <laughs> of spending a lot of time doing is watching kind I of hope this is poorly made um, top five mysteries videos on uh, YouTube, of which there are. Thousands, and are these um, made by who? who are these fan made, made various or? people? They are, you know, if you look at them, they'll have hundreds of millions of views. So there yeah. are a lot of people out there. Um, they're just utter, utter nonsense. Um, I don't believe a single word of them, and yet I find them utterly compelling. So there'll be things like top five mysteries of World War Two, 
uh, like the Nazi gold train. And then there'll be a little kind of, you know, it's like a little sort of 10 minute documentary list format thing with kind of very ominous synth music all the way through and a really weird voiceover, like somebody with an inexplicable, unplaceable foreign accent or sort of Bristolian <laughs> accent. So it was which one is, of the two. Yeah. <laughs> um, which may be the same thing. But, um, and it's always nonsense, but uh, all like, top five people in history who are completely who disappeared inexplicably. And are these made just by people at home, or are they made by actual production companies? They or? are uh, somewhere in between. They're made to a relatively high level, but they're not sort of just made by you know your dad on yeah. desktop publishing. They're kind of they yeah, they are. Um, See, I, I understand this as a guilty pleasure, yeah. like. Uh, I found myself once, I think I was hung over just at home on my, comp uh, like doing, mm. going down a YouTube mm. wormhole <laughs> and found mm. myself, I'm so ashamed to say this, mm. I'm so ashamed to say this, mm -hmm. watching <coughs> clip collections of paparazzi hounding celebrities <laughs> and like, you know, scuffles yeah. and mm -hmm. things happening and yeah. scuffles. And there are so <laughs> many of these fucking things. There are compilations <laughs> that last seven minutes and yeah. then there's like, you know, uh, celebrity paparazzi fights number one and then number two and you're like I can't believe how many of them I think I've watched a few of those in yeah. the past and enjoyed Bjork, them Bjork and Shia LaBeouf have a yeah. go didn't they They're, they really oh, get involved Alec Baldwin's got oh, lots okay. he actually he grabs mm. them he, he yeah. gets yeah. quite <laughs> physical <laughs> yeah. so I think both of those things are brilliant guilty pleasures and 100% Guilt. There, there's a lot of guilt in. Right. <laughs> thanks very much. So yeah, good job, guys. Good job. Well, look, thanks Thank so you. much for coming on. Um, have you got anything uh, after humans coming up? Do you know if you're doing a third series yet, or we don't know yet. No, nope. uh, it'd be absolutely yet. wonderful if we were able to. Mm -hmm. So fingers crossed. Yep. Cool. Mm. If Kevin Feige's listening as well, you've yep. got a Howard the Duck treatment Fe ready. We settled on Feige. Then. Okay. <laughs> Feige. 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 There Irish. you go. Yeah. Um, you can see the Sunday nights, is that right, on Channel 4? Sunday night, and then Channel on 4, 9 o'clock. Brilliant. Thanks so much, So, guys. to Thank play you. out the show, this isn't a song from a uh, film or TV show, but just uh, in keeping with the news this week, uh, I thought I'd play a song from the band Death Cab for Cutie, one of my favourite bands. Um, they, uh, they released a song, uh, along with a lot of artists, uh, in the last month, I think, um, as protest songs, uh, political protest songs. I think it was called 30 Songs for 30 Days, and they wrote this song especially. Um, there's some great songs on that uh, album. I think you can get it on iTunes. This is called Million Dollar Loan. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.